Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hello and welcome to the Autosport Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Kalonorkas. We went seven months without an F1 race and already the second race of the 2020 season is around the corner with this weekend's Styrian Grand Prix coming up on Sunday. So in the first of our race weekend bite-sized podcasts for this event, we're going to go over the biggest topics from the event's media day, which took place at the Red Bull Ring today. And joining me to do that, live from Austria, is motorsport.com's F1 editor, Jonathan Noble. How are you, John? Yeah, all good, thank you. It's partly Groundhog Day. Uh, don't think, well, no one in Formula 1 has had this before of going back to the same track uh, a week later. We had it testing, obviously Barcelona would have a test, then a gap and go testing in the same place. But first time at a race, so unique experience absolutely i mean what's changed i saw that the uh the, the 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 logos obviously behind the drivers in the press conferences now reflect the fact it's the styrian grand prix but have they done anything else apart from change the signage the uh i noticed today although i'm not sure if it was or wasn't there last week that the grandstand at the final corner they've got some flashing led lights zooming across it so um i didn't spot it last weekend but i'm not sure if it was there but that may be a maybe a new feature so maybe we can send some whatsapps and get some messages out there on sunday um i think the other amusing thing today was there's a bit of banter between the teams about um the you know styrian grand prix and racing point put a tweet up about um you know looking forward to the race weekend hashtag austrian grand prix mercedes went uh nice hashtag and then it's emerged that actually the hashtag for the Styrian Grand Prix is still the Austrian Grand Prix. So a bit of a bit of a baffling headache there this morning. But um, yeah, there we go. It's a very, it's a very <laughs> 21st century problem. But can I say for the record, it is ridiculous to use Austrian Grand Prix as the hashtag when the race is called the Styrian Grand Prix. Like, what, If not, why not just call it the Austrian Grand Prix too? 
Well, exactly. Although I w- would look forward to the uh, hashtag 70th anniversary Grand Prix for um, Silverstone, because I wouldn't leave many characters left for some tweets. No, it's not exactly snappy, that. It's not exactly <laughs> snappy. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, as you're saying, we're, we're stayed at the same track. So you've been, have you been locked up in your Airbnb? Have you been able to get out and enjoy the Austrian hills and mountains as some of the drivers have or haven't, as we will come on to discuss? Yeah, uh, a little bit. So it worked because post Grand Prix weekends, it's, it's not as if you get to Sunday night and then we put our feet up and No, I uh, finished relax. my work at 3:30 a.m. on Monday morning. Well, and then done. was told by then was told by my editor that there were various things that I could have waited until later on on Monday <laughs> to have worked on. So anyway, we so had no, a good Monday, conversation yeah. to have. <laughs> yeah, so Monday was just follow-ups, um, chasing stuff around. Tuesday morning, um, yeah, more follow-ups, um, preparing obviously for the Alonso announcement. I did manage to get out for a few hours on Tuesday afternoon. Went up to a lake, so I had a bit of a a hike that involved me getting lost in the woods, finding a fence, uh, realising I might have to go turn around for two miles to go back, but then found a tiny little gap under some barbed wire, which I managed to get under. So that saved me uh, an hour extra walking. You've been trespassing across the beautiful oh, Austrian countryside. I don't know. I wasn't the first person to have been under the fence because obviously <laughs> quite a few people had done it. And then yesterday was Alonso Day. So, uh, and then we're back at it today. So not much, not much time, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, if I had a private jet and lived in Monaco, I could have gone back there. Well, so it seems, because uh, that is what Charles Leclerc and Valtteri Bottas did. And it's actually caused a fair fair bit of a stir, I would say, because Formula One has made uh, made quite a big deal of the sort of biosphere element of the paddock being effectively locked up. Everybody keeping to their own bubbles. You can't go into certain areas, you can't interact with other groups. The, the, the implication being that, that everybody would stay at the Red Bull ring and then go on to Hungary together. And it's all one continuous trip, one continuous unit. But Bottas and Leclerc have been allowed to go back to Monaco. Now, Bottas's excuse is that, well, I, I only interacted with the same people anyway. But it does rather, it does rather undermine the point of we've got to, we've got to, to seal everyone off for it for this international global championship to be able to take place. Yeah, the, the issue itself isn't that they went back to Monaco. Um, there's no restrictions in terms of your travel or you know where you must stay or mustn't stay or. Um, anything like that. But I think that the stipulation is, though, you have to stay within your social bubble. So, you know, if I walked down to a restaurant in the local town and saw Lewis Hamilton having dinner, for example, I couldn't have dinner with him. That'd be a breach of my bubble, be a breach of his bubble. I'm sure he'd appreciate Uh, that. Yeah, exactly. I think he'd be absolutely (laughs) gutted. Um, And it's the same thing. So when Sebastian Vettel saw Christian Horner and Helmut Marko in the paddock last week with no mask on and went to speak to them, that was a breach of the bubble. So that was an FI letter to Ferrari and Red Bull last week about it. Now I've seen Bottas and Leclerc went back this week. Uh, some pictures emerged on social media, especially of Charles being in an art gallery, I think, with his hands, you know, taking a picture with people, none of them with masks on, which in theory is a breach of the bubble. So this is why the FIA are quite eager on the matter. I believe they've sent a letter to Ferrari tonight reminding them again of the breaches. I don't think it's going to go as far as a steward hearing, but... They're on it, and I think they've got to be quite strict because if they be, if they're slack from race one, it's much then harder to rein it back as you go forwards. Uh, and I think what they don't want is they want to minimise uh, the chance of an outbreak. They want to, anything happens to control it because we saw in Australia how quickly things can spiral out of control. So I think it's about making sure the FIA are clear: you must follow the rules, you must stay within the bubble. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense to just to try and keep everything going because it seems to seems to run like pretty much like clockwork with all the all the tests and everything going on since last weekend. But while we're on that subject, John, has anything changed in terms of the protocols for this weekend's race? So the, the FIA or, or or F1 gone? Well, actually, this this perhaps didn't work quite as well as you thought it would. So we're going to tweak it, or is there is it just carrying on as it was before last it weekend? It seems to me, it seems as though everything's going to stay the same for now. I think you know we've had one weekend where. I think 6,000 tests up to now. I think by the end of this weekend, we'll have had 10,000 tests. Um, no positives so far. Although I always find myself the evening of a, when I have a test, I always think, oh, I feel slightly hot tonight. Or, oh, is this it? Am I going to get a phone call at seven in the morning? Or I turn up at the track and get marched away by you know, a group of people in hazmat suits. But uh, so far, it's been all right. Um, yeah, so I mean, the first weekend's a success. Uh, obviously, they want to make sure they get through this weekend as well with no problems because I think Hungary is going to be more difficult to control people it's not as spread out you're in a city Um, I think a lot of places now have you know struggling to deal with a rise of not necessarily the the full second wave but there is now a a rise of um, cases around Europe I think Austria I heard on the radio yesterday uh, north of the country they've started mandating wearing face masks again so we're going through a phase now where the people can, can try and control it so you dump F1 into a city, it's going to be much more risky environment, basically, for the chances of, you know, someone catching it. So I think the FI are right to be strict, keep it like it is. But I think it'll be the, the difficulty that the FI and F1 will face will be what governments around the world have faced is, it's one thing going into a lockdown and, you know, having a closed door event and making everything strict, the difficulties coming out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you 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 uh, you uh, had some information from the sort of the FIA medical side of things that this isn't going to be a quick fix. We know that already in terms of society, but still motorsport, it might linger as well. I asked them how quick do they believe that we can get back to a normal race, basically, of having fans in the grandstand, autograph sessions, uh, journalists able to speak to drivers face to face. Um and the medical delegate said it's a really, really difficult situation and it will be even for next year because you'll have countries, he mentioned, like South Korea, Singapore, for example, which probably have zero cases. So they'll have eradicated the virus completely. There'll be places like probably Brazil and America, other places in Latin America where it may be quite prevalent and a, and a difficulty. Um, he says, but by the time you get to next year, you may find that there's herd immunity in the countries that have been rampant and the places where where there isn't any of it they don't want people from outside going in so you know how do you choose which of these countries are the are best to go to so i think to believe that we get to the end of this year and we can have a firm 2021 calendar that's going to lay out exactly where we go i think it's that's an impossible dream right now i can sense we'll end up with a similar scenario to this year that we have a core bunch of races confirmed at the start and then we have to duck and dive and weave a bit to get through to the end yeah i'd agree with that which is why i thought um just slightly going off off piece with formula one why it was so bizarre that formula e announced a full calendar considering they were going into cities a whole year from now and you don't know what the hell the situation is going to look like in terms of the virus um but yeah let's let's move on to to more more positive notes or not depending on your uh, on your on your persuasion because there's quite a bit of debate around fernando alonso the news that he will return with renault next year now John I started my day this morning because I was very lucky to have yesterday off to recover after my ridiculously late finish on Monday Uh, I started my day by reading your feature on autosport.com plus regarding Fernando Alonso and how Renault you know is aware of the 
you know the toxic the toxicity as it were surrounding Alonso in their own words um yeah how 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 did how did that all come about obviously the news broke you spoke to to Cyril Abitbo the Renault boss so uh, yeah what what was the what was the news what was it like gathering the news before the F1 event got underway as it were yeah so yesterday we had obviously the, the Alonso announcement which um everyone knew about but Renault then teased for 25 minutes on uh Twitter with uh let's say here's the sound and here's the face and here's the name it kept coming and coming just waiting for the final confirmation um then we had a little press briefing which we submitted questions beforehand to fernando and cyril uh i think cyril was in his office in paris so not sure if he was in his social bubble or not but i guess he must have been yeah they spoke and then i spoke to cyril um after that press i'm just get a few more details really about you know the question on fernando's age why they chose him um, and obviously the difficulties of managing Fernando because, you know, for all Fernando's claims that he's not political and, uh, you know, he gives his all all the time, you know, we know the the record he has and the issues that team bosses have had dealing with him. But Cyril understood it all. Uh, he said that, you know, the competitive nature of Formula One means that no matter, you know, how brilliant you are, how hard you work, how focused you are, you know, there are factors out of your control that mean you can't win. And that makes a toxic situation, basically. But he thinks Fernando's, you know, his timeouts made him appreciate Formula One more. It's made him more motivated, made him, you know, a, a free spirit, a clean spirit. And he's coming back for the right reasons, not because he sees it as a quick buck or he's under the mistaken illusion that, you know, he's coming straight back into a winning car. And there's one very, very minor detail that I enjoyed about all the, all the all the publicity that came out around Alonso yesterday was that he put out a video that ended with an Amazon Prime logo suggesting that there's going to be a Fernando Alonso TV series or there's a documentary in the works or has been in the works. I thought that might be quite uh, quite intriguing to see. Well, we see the good, you know, the good impact that Netflix has had. Um, but I think, ne- you know, the second series of Netflix to me was a bit kind of a lot of repeated stuff from series one really it's the same themes the same topics which I guess you'll get with the same same drivers in certain teams so um, you know I think I think there is good value to these things but I think it'd be quite hard to keep repeating it without a a new narrative or something but if you can you know fly on the wall thing with Fernando if it's going right or going wrong would be fantastic absolutely it'd be interesting to see uh, how, how how you know whether whether he comes out and claims that one Le Mans win was better than the other or, or things like that well I did I did laugh okay. did laugh yesterday when one of the questions was thrown to Fernando about you know age and can you be as strong as ever and uh, his swift response was he's just done a fitness test and it was the best he's ever done so I thought there we go there was the there was the classic classic Fernando of uh, just getting a, a good fact there to prove why this was the greatest thing ever Straight back into to the old habits. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Well, returning to uh, the the big news coming out of the press conferences and the developments that we've seen today. Um, obviously, one of the headlines from last weekend's Austrian Grand Prix, one of the takeaways, was uh, was Mercedes really in trouble when it came to reliability because of the the curbs that Red Bull ring causing massive vibrations. There was a buildup of electrical noise. That's what they've said since that was causing the sensors to freak out and potentially fail the gearbox. Uh, so yeah, that again, that came up today, John. Um, um, I was quite uh, shocked at the start of the uh, Mercedes press conference to see my face that I recorded in a video pop up and ask Valtteri Bottas a question. That was a bit shocking suddenly for me. And Not I shocking to him. In the room. <laughs> Thank, thankfully, thankfully, he was he'd obviously been pre-warned. That must have been it. Um, but uh, but yeah, so basically, Mercedes are going to be trying th- some new bits, some new parts, and a big load of data gathering during practice. But they're still worried that it could happen again. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a unique 
combination of the, the curbs here and the aggression you need puts these cars through vibrations you don't really experience elsewhere. And they've also got a problem somehow with this electrical noise picking up, which is affecting the, the gearbox sensors in particular. And I think when you're dealing with you know electrical interference and stuff, it's not a simple thing to sort out. It's not like you find a leak somewhere in a mechanical component or a mechanical component's broken. You need to make it stronger. It's a, a very different thing. The complication of these hybrid cars and how compressed everything is, you know, means it's obviously not a simple solution because if it was simple, they'd have sorted it last weekend. So I think tomorrow will be fascinating to, to see. And I think the other thing to take into account is that they will probably keep quiet. If they think they're in trouble, they aren't going to say tomorrow. They'll be, all the messaging will be, uh, yep, we've got it sorted. We're all fine. Because I think the other fascination coming back to this track is the rivals know that there is a, a weakness now in the Mercedes. So that if they know that if they start putting the Mercedes under pressure, there could be a problem with the gearbox. So, you know, it's one little bit of information that uh, could be beneficial to the opposition. But what was interesting would be, be worth paying attention to the, the team radio and things like that during the practice sessions because the issue did come up at the end of FP2. It stopped Bottas's running last Friday. So, you know, obviously, we didn't know what it would go on to cause, but it might just be worth just, just hearing if there's any little hint coming out of the team that we can maybe pick up on. Um, but another team that's got to have a big Friday at the, uh, the Styrian Grand Prix is Ferrari. They've sort of rushed out a few updates that they were they we were expecting to see maybe in Hungary in a, you know in, a, in another week's time but they know that they've got to make some progress and they're, they're sort of fast tracked things for this race uh, so what what was what was on sites John I think there were some new front wings spotted in the pit lane today yeah I saw um yeah the, the new front wing was spotted um I think I've also heard talk they, they may get a new floor here tomorrow because it's obviously all going to come last last minute there's a, you know a big job to get these parts ready and I think they understand the value of bringing it here um, a because you know you've got that unprecedented chance to do a back to back. So that you know any changes you can make this weekend compared to last weekend, you know, fantastic opportunity for them. You know, Matthias talked about the problem ultimately being a correlation issue that what they were being told in the factory in the CFD and wind tunnel for what the car would do wasn't happening on track. So any bits they can get here, you know, even if it doesn't deliver them three tenths of a second or two tenths or one tenth just so they know that it's performing on track the same as it is at the factory will be a massive boost to them as they push forward with the bits they need to be quicker. Definitely. It does seem odd though, why, you know, having known that there would be a back-to-back race for the first time in F1's history on the same track, why they still targeted Hungary initially as the place to introduce the upgrade, given that it was just a week later? But I think these are the, these are the time frames teams are working to. We've had, you know, you had that long, um, you had the lockdown initially, then you had the factory shutdowns where the teams couldn't do any work. So there's only been a tiny amount of time to get it sorted. And as always, if they'd said, we're going to bring it for Austria and it's delayed for Hungary, that looks an embarrassment. Whereas if you say we're, we're aiming for Hungary and bring it to Austria, that looks like a victory. So I think a lot of the times, you know, what they say and the message that they want to get out is actually quite important. Absolutely. Well, we were well worth uh, seeing what, what happens with Ferrari in practice tomorrow and the noises that they make after the session, Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel. Um, but yeah, coming on to another another one of the big talking points of the day, there were there were uh, uh, more questions for Lewis Hamilton and also uh, all of the drivers, really, regarding uh, the, you know, the, the ending racism message and the issue of, of taking a knee ahead of the race. Basically, basically, the main question was, was uh, is it going to happen again this weekend? And from from what I understood listening to most of the sessions, but particularly Hamilton's, 
there's just not there hasn't been any time allocated in the sort of timetable as it were whereas there sort of officially was the Austrian Grand Prix so Hamilton himself has said well I won't be pro- I won't be kneeling uh, for the uh, for the Austrian national anthem but if 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 uh, if an official slot was made that that might make things different and maybe he he but if there isn't he will probably be might be doing something with him his mechanics and his car and something something personal just that doesn't interrupt the flow of the sort of grid procedure is that right yeah i think I think what happened last weekend was obviously, you know, F1's united against racism, all the drivers united against racism. But equally, you know, F1 doesn't want to go to countries and have drivers kneeling through national anthems and causing potential problems for that. So that's why deliberately last weekend it was separated out. So you had the banner, drivers taken to the front, and then everyone could do their thing. And then they do the national anthem, everyone stood up. So there's no, you know, you're not offending any country, you're not causing problems, everyone sticks to the same message. But I don't think they're going to run the, the separate event this weekend. Uh, so it will now be much more down to individuals to decide, you know, what they want to do, you know, before the anthem or after the anthem. Or and I know Lewis mentioned today that, you know, Verstappen's Red Bull mechanics knelt down last week as well. So he's talked about, you know, maybe the teams can do something. So I think it'd be more, won't be as formal if anything's done from now on. Um, but... You know, I think Lewis is still keen to keen to do something, but I think you know you're obviously dealing with conflicting issues because you know Danny Kvyat today was asked about you know the reasons for him not doing a knee in the promise in Russia. You know, it's, it's viewed something very very different to you know what it means to Lewis Hamilton, for example. So you've got a lot of conflicting problems. Even though everyone's you know no one's against this campaign, everyone's for it. Everyone wants to make the the message, but trying to organise something in a, you know, such an international environment is not easy. No, it's just an, another layer of the complexities of F1, I guess. But, yeah. you know, good that good that the, the, the conversation is carrying on, I think, because that's what Lewis Hamilton was also saying in the press conference. You know, we just got to keep focusing it because for so many people, their lives can't go back to normal or, you know, after, you know, after a little bit of focus and then the spotlight goes away. So I think it's good for... Yeah for him and for, and for everyone else to keep, to keep talking about it. So that's good. Um, so yeah, John, what are you looking forward to uh, about the rest of the weekend now that the track action is finally upon us? I want to see the, the final pecking order, to be honest. Uh, I know there's, there's the forecast is currently for rain on Saturday, which is a bit of a, you know, a normal weekend. <laughs> We'd be really excited about rain because the chance of mixed up grid. But I was actually looking forward to, you know, identical conditions and then seeing how these teams stack up and whether, you know, teams make the same excuses for the same mistakes or we see a slightly different order or how the comparisons would be to last weekend. The rain's going to ruin that for us. But if the rain comes, we get a mixed up grid. I'll take that as well. Thank you very much for, for coming on and uh, we'll let you get back to, to your evening and get ready for Friday. Just before we go, we'd like to remind you that the latest issue of Autosport magazine is out today and is available on the supermarket shelves and in newsagents. There will be a new issue of the magazine for you to pick up every Thursday, packed full of news, analysis and the usual stunning photography. And of course, if you want unlimited access to Autosport from the comfort of your home, visit autosport.com slash plus to find out how to subscribe to our digital package. We'll be back soon with another episode of the Autosport podcast. Music is 6am by Trilo, 
written by Marcus Simmons. See soundcloud.com slash Trilo Music. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. However you want to make a splash this year, Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds can help every step of the way. Wool Runner Mizzles are shoes crafted with premium, supernatural weather-repellent materials. The high-top uppers are moisture-wicking merino wool with puddle guard technology, and the supernatural rubber treads ensure all-weather traction, so you can jump into anything, rain or shine. Make a splash with Wool Runner Mizzles from Allbirds. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.